testing, testing. One, two, three, testing. <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome to the Blame Michelle podcast. Oh my God, I think my intro needs to change. I need to stop referring to you all as you guys. I need like a particular name to like be calling my listeners because you guys are special. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to think about it and we'll get back to you by the next episode. So let's get right into the usual stuff, you know? So hello, if this is your first time here, my name is Lara T. Karim and I am also called Nigel Book Bay. And this is the Blame Myself podcast with Nigel Book Bay. For the new listeners, because like I know that there are going to be new listeners today. Welcome. Blame Myself is a literary podcast where I speak about books. Like yeah, basically everything books. So we have book reviews, recommendations, chats like today's episode. And other fun bookish news and things in general. So this podcast is somewhere where you come to listen to me talk about books and life as a bookish person in general while you're busy going about your day or like needing something to unwind to. So this is what Play My Shelf is all about. So today's episode is a fun one. We have our first ever guest on the Blame My Shelf podcast and I'm so proud and happy that by episode four we're doing this. Like I'm doing so well. <laughs> so let's just get right into episode four. For today's episode we are talking about romance and the title of today's episode is Love in Literature and we have our first guest with us who is Tomilola Koko Adeyemo and by the way Tomilola Koko Adeyemo is one of my favorite authors especially like an African romance writer because her romance stories are always so amazing to read and like she puts so much thought and dedication into it and they're like actual romance because you know there are many people in Nigeria that write romance but like their romance has like K-Leg or something. So Tommy, would you <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? Um, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Lara. I'm so happy and excited to be here. Never been on a podcast before as a guest. I've worked behind the scenes or supported behind the scenes in certain cases, but feels good to be here. So uh, my name is Tommy Lola Koko Adeyemo. I mean my full government name is Tomilola Iritiyadeyemo, but obviously I use Coco because it's sexier and I'm a romance author and I like sexy things. So I'm happy to be here today. Yay! Okay. I kind of knew that Tommy would not go into full details like introduce, <laughs> <laughs> introduce herself, so I prepared for this. <laughs> Let me give you the proper feedback. Tommy Lola studied dramatic arts and majored in playwriting and a diploma in screenwriting. By the way, that is amazing because, you know, when you go to uni, you don't actually hear people saying, I want to major in this, but like you actually went and majored in these things and like you're living that life fully. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Much to my parents' horror, actually, when I was in uni, because my parents did not want me to study dramatic arts. They were scared. I mean, those worries and fears were not unfounded, especially because, you know, at the time, Nollywood isn't what it has become now. And there didn't seem like a lot of opportunities for creatives or artists or people who had, you know, that sort of talent and interest in art. So naturally, like my, my dad is a retired banker and my mom is a teacher. She's a vice principal 
in a government owned secondary school in Ibado. So for them, they just wanted, you know, something they thought could be tangible and they had fears. So yeah, they were not happy about it, but they got used to it along the line. And it hasn't exactly been an easy journey too as well, because it's one thing to study and then you get out of uni and you realize that so you know how it works in our educational system. Yes. Not everything is, you know, as it seems. It's playwriting, you learn and you really apply in the real world. But it was really a good foundation, I'll admit. And it just means that all my life I've been involved in things I really wanted to do and I've been excited about. <laughs> I love that. Like very inspirational. So let me continue now. She's the author of several top chatting novels like romance books, which are popular books like Rich Kids of Lagos, like that's a series, Queen of Fields, a fated duet book, which Tommy has refused to give us part two, but I rest of <laughs> The Reunion and um ah, I can't remember the one I wanted to call, but let me just end it there. Tommy, we have Netflix in the house, so Tommy, are you still working with Netflix? <laughs> Okay, so basically, I work with an agency that handles the social marketing for Netflix Nigeria, basically. So the Netflix brand is as cool as you can see with the platform, the service, right? So a lot of times, the lines get a little bit blurred, and people just think, oh, okay, yeah, this person works with Netflix and everything. But I just work with the agency that handles the social marketing. And yeah, so that's that's what I do with the Netflix Niger team, actually. So I handle content production. I'm the head of content production which is basically you know when it comes to producing content some of these outer character stars you know acting in something and then you want them to push that title and all that so yeah i oversee stuff like that and you know also help with certain contents in other areas as as well so yeah basically that's my netflix niger current situation so what Tommy is trying to tell us is that agency is the one that is collecting Netflix no- money, not how. <laughs> I don't own the agency. Oh my goodness, Sarah. <laughs> so well, my organized agency is the one collecting the money. Don't worry, now I work. I work in marketing, so I understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, so. Aside from that, Tommy has written, like I said, she studied dramatic arts and majored in playwriting. So she has contributed to a lot of popular films that we've seen, such as Lady Bucket and the Motley, uh, Man Pekin and Sugar Niger season three. So let's just say Tommy is a very prolific person. She's a good author. Her content production is on 10 and her script writing too is good. She has so many accolades to her back. So like she's an amazing first guest to have on the Play My Shelf podcast. I'm so, you have no idea how excited I am to be here, to be honest. Because <laughs> I see your work in the Bookstagram community, other people who you know, like you collaborate and all that. And it's really exciting to see that. Um, <laughs> as a millennial, I didn't see like a whole lot of that when I started out, right? So it's actually very encouraging, very exciting. And when, you know, I find out that people in this community also, you know, like recognize what I do, that's amazing. You have no idea how exciting that feeling is. So I'm actually also very excited to be here for real. Okay, thank you. So I'm going to now ask you some questions so that we'll keep to the theme, which is love and literature. And of course, it is February. That is why I'm like speaking about love in February. But like, aside from that, romance is one of my favorite things in this world. But like fiction, romantic fiction, there's films and books. I'm not talking about real life. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Okay. So, Tommy, how did you get into loving romance? Like, when did this love start? So, um, yesterday, you know, I was writing, um, like, 
my manuscripts for something I'm working on. And I was, I had gone to, because a lot of times, sometimes, I mean, you're a writer as well, Lara. So you know how sometimes you always just need an extra pick me up when you're writing or you need some sort of, you know, kick. Sometimes it's music or whatever. So I, I was on YouTube and I was Googling old Nigerian Nollywood songs, like old Nollywood soundtracks. You know, we used to have, like back in the day, there used to be like really great soundtracks for Nollywood films, especially yes. like the romance genre. I remember like there are some plays where they had like these really nice songs and like these songs. Songs will stick with yeah. you. You'll be singing yeah. them. Exactly. And that just doesn't exist anymore. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like I'd gone there and I was listening to some of the old songs and it was just like very nostalgic for me and it catapulted me back to like that period because my mom used to like watch a lot of Nollywood. Interesting. I always tell people and they always find it like really funny and interesting. I got into watching Nollywood you know, much earlier in my life, ever before I ever got into like, you know, Hollywood or even, you know, like cartoons or anything. So I would say like the love, whatever romance thing definitely started from my introduction to old Nollywood films, especially films like people like Amaka Igwe, the late Amaka Igwe, who is one of the best storytellers that Nollywood has ever had. You know, as it is here, we really give props to the people who have come before especially when they are women you know there's a certain level of erasure going on yes. so but like for Amaka Igwe yeah she was I mean she produced Checkmates which is hands down one of the best productions TV productions ever in Nigeria I don't I mean I was too young at the time I was a child but my mom was a huge fan and obviously this is the show that broke RMD out so you know wow. all the more well, the moms were in love with R&D. So, and then it was then invalidated, which is something else that she co-produced and I think she wrote. Um, so, yeah, it was that. It's, it was old Nollywood for me. You know, I'd like all those romance scenes I would want to recreate. I've been writing since before I was 10. You know, like I would, my mom is a teacher, so she'd give me exercise books, all those oil stay free educational things. And, you know, I'll write my recreation of that in it like viral and, and all that and yeah so it was mostly like that I just wanted that and it was a very great escape for me because um I'm an only daughter I had two younger brothers I'm a firstborn of a firstborn of a firstborn <laughs> I grew up I entered this world with responsibilities on my shoulders so yeah basically it's an escape it was an escape for me as well so that's what it was it was just always going to be that I got into it and I never got out I guess <laughs> I think for me, how I got into romance was, I, you know, there was Cinderella and all those stories. So they've always been pushing romance to us yeah. since we're, we're a small child. But like, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. I really got into romance when I started reading my cousin's books. Like my cousin, she had so many books around. And at that time, I'd already picked interest in reading, but I was still reading like children books from my primary school library. But like going to my cousin's house during the summer, she had so many books lying around. So I started picking up like Daniel Steele, um, I really, I started reading Daniel Steele at a really early age. So that's how I got into romance. Ah, nice. <laughs> that's, that's nice. I mean, I feel like, especially like people like us who are very interested in corporate money and we branched it into it because, you know, there are people who just felt like, oh, I can do this and then just branch it into at some point in their lives. Yeah. But I feel like people who genuinely are passionate about it are people, you know, branched it very, very early on in life. Yeah. It's 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 good that I picked up something that I think brought me joy and like you said it's also an escape from reality for me now so it's like yeah. something easy and just you know you always know that you have a good time you feel things you blush you laugh you fall in love with characters everything you just have a swell time when <laughs> yeah. you're reading or watching romance this brings yeah, me to ask we have already established that I'm not a romantic person so what about you <laughs> I'm not a romantic person too <laughs> I don't think I'm romantic at all 
I haven't dated in a long time, so I feel like I haven't also put it to test. Maybe, maybe if I get boyfriend tomorrow, maybe I'll then be romantic. <laughs> I don't know. But I haven't dated in a long time. I don't think I'm the most romantic person. I mean, fun fact, I was engaged in 2012 um, to someone and the engagement broke up like some six weeks later or something. And I just never really got back into, you know, that whole commitment thing for like the longest time. And I mean, I've dated people after then um, for like two seconds. But I wouldn't say that I'm like the most showy, romantic person. I think I'm better in friendships when it comes to, you know, expressing and, and all that. But like romantic, I do not want to accuse myself of being a romantic. <laughs> I don't think so. But again, A, you never know until you start seeing somebody and they bring out that side, I guess. So I, I guess that's how I would answer that. Okay. Just so that I would not be like I brushed over the fact that you mentioned you were engaged, but understand that that would have taken you some time to heal and so yeah it's it's only the past now <laughs> it's been yes. a long time actually yes. i yeah. mean 2012 that is more than 10 years ago definitely yeah it's it's like almost 11 years now yeah okay what's your favorite thing about romance as a genre um i think it's what you said earlier um talking about you know how you got into it and everything and basically what both of us have also retreated which is like escapism <laughs> i really love 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 that you know for some people action is their own escapism you know like all this impossible yeah ridiculous stunts yeah so for me my my whatever comes from like romance i love it um and it's so vast people can be very shallow about it so they don't know how romance really can get like it's so vast you have different subgenres you have something you can get into i mean like all those bright happy romances are not really my thing you know mm -hmm. like all the fine thing yeah that's not really my thing um i prefer a little bit of darkness in my romance i prefer a little bit of you know problematic themes <laughs> by that i mean you know like p let people be in trouble or <laughs> let it be problematic let it be something that in real life if this happened you'd be like uh okay well, what are we going to do with this what's going on <laughs> Yeah. yeah so yeah um that's that's mostly what it is for me like it's the escapism mostly and i think also it makes me really happy writing and reading it because i love reading it i love writing it i love watching it right i like to watch that and everything so i think i think it's really that to be honest what about you what what's what is it for you though what do i love about romance i love that i can trust like you know, I know what I'm getting into when it comes to romance and like romance oh, yeah. romance is like a part of our lives like you can go into any show and most of the times there's always romance there mm, true I think that's another thing which is why I said it's so vast and people are really short-sighted about it because it's it's so annoying how people treat romance as if they don't push romance to us all the time <laughs> so us now taking romance as a whole like okay not treating it as a subgenre like what is wrong with that like people need to calm down so <laughs> i agree actually like and that's why i like like the romance community like you know like in america especially like they they don't care they've embraced it so if people don't like it that's people's business so i mean i like that and i like the idea of someone being devoted to the other person you know two people who genuinely love each other and they're devoted to it yes. so it doesn't matter going on in their lives they are willing to chase this to commit you know all those gentle like of uh, touches tender yes like that's my favorite thing about romance is like it's always there it's something you can always find it's it's constant like what romance actually is like the love and the like care you just it's just sweet it makes me happy 
exactly like that's that's it like why would anybody not be happy to watch love or or (laughs) feel love or whatever yeah i just want to see five men in my books or imagine them liking fine women and it doesn't even have to be any conventional beauty or whatever just love that and basically i mean i'm particularly into i mean i love romance across different races or whatever right um i like the black black love as well because you know it also allows for you to it's more relatable you yes. know you can see yourself in the characters and all of that and i mean i try to do that like a lot you know to always infuse as much as possible regardless of how many times is i write romance let people be able to feel like oh you know not all of us are flat stomach <laughs> some of us have belly and stuff like that and the person who loves you loves you with that because you know that's the point right that's the point of love so yeah it's all of those things for me that's the stolen kisses glances all those less okay well is this a pg-18 podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> we are basically all those things and obviously the 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 passion and the sex absolutely absolutely yes because i don't think i'll be running that does not have sex i don't think so and i love that like i'm aspiring to be like that like i'm already getting the shot but we'll get to that later (laughs) oh yeah yeah because i was gonna say like i because i know you've written um i haven't read it yet um I know you've written something on love and um, romance. So, yeah, it would also be nice to hear, you know, for you what that experience was like. What experience exactly? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when you were writing your book, like, you know, okay. the love, okay. romance. Yeah, yeah. As an author, because, you know, like most of the time when you and I have these conversations, it's always with me being the author, not, you know, the other way around. So I just wanted to know, you know, like your own experience with that. I mean, you are also published. So, you know. Okay, yeah. so my first novel, or my only published novel, I did not put anything inside because I was thinking my mom would want to promote this book to everybody so that they would read it. <laughs> I <was> that too. <laughs> and a lot of her friends actually read my first book, so I was just like, thank God I did not put anything. I actually, I think I did fade to black or I implied it, but I did not share write anything. So my second book, um, my collection of short love stories there's actually a story that i kind of wrote something it wasn't too much but was something and then at this one i just pray that my mom doesn't read it because instead of like <laughs> it's been a man and woman it's actually a woman and woman <laughs> oh i want to see that i want to read that I, i've been wanting to read an african i mean i bought like my very first sapphic romance book last year and i haven't read it yet but i'm, I'm hoping to get to it at some point i really love um lesbian romance actually and um the reason i do is because it's female gaze and then much more it's different when two women are in that kind of scenario than when you have a man and a woman right and let's not act as if the lgbtq community doesn't exist in nigeria so exactly yeah so let's not act like love is love love transcends gender and all that stuff right so i'm so excited to read that you have no idea (laughs) okay I look forward to hearing what you have to say after I read it. Oops, yay! So, um, people have this assumption that because you're a romance author, you must be frivolous or an unrealistic due to like, yeah, just because like you know you're a romance author. So, have you faced like have you faced this problem, and has it ever affected your dating life or life in general? Um, I don't really think so because I have I have an I have an interesting um personality. Um, <laughs> I have um 
people generally do not come to me with um, certain expectations or uh, like um, what I want to say now, like perceptions, let me yes. say, right? And certain perceptions they have about me, a lot of them are wrong. Um, but like there are also certain things I've just never had to discuss because it's the same thing. You know, I've been asked a couple of times like, oh, people, do people say, oh, because you write sex scenes or you write this kind of genre, like, do they come to you? Do people come to you with, you know, certain things? And I'm like, oh, no, actually, surprisingly not. Weirdly, it's, or maybe interestingly, I should say, a lot of Nigerian women like it. So they're in my DM saying to me, like, they really like it, right? I mean, obviously, like, some of them will be like, oh, you can never share this. And I'm like, obviously, I'm not going to share it. But if you're comfortable in that sense, right? Because it's like what we're saying earlier, like if if people feel like they can relate to your characters and your stories and everything, and you know, the bodies there are not stuff that fell out of um, Vogue or some international fashion runway. People feel like, oh yeah, I can relate with this, you know, um, the sex, the orgasm, everything feels really relatable, right? People just feel like, oh, I can try this at home with my husband or with my wife. So actually, it's always like the other way around. I never really get people who have that interesting perception, like, oh, whatever about me. Don't people think that I get like a whole lot more, you know, advances or whatever from the opposite sex? Um, <laughs> they probably think like men are always outside my house. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that your your dating life so far has been like two seconds each time. <laughs> I mean, so that's the thing. Like, so as a person, really, I'm not exactly. So I have really serious commitments and trust issues. So there's that. Um, Nigerian men are interesting, and um, over the years, I mean, I've, there have been times in my life where I was like, you know what, I want to really focus on work and see where this will take me. And then what happens, unfortunately, in instances like that, is something has to suffer, right? So I mean, like, I I worked till like 3 a.m. this morning, and then I slept for like a few hours, and then I woke up again, and I just go back to work, right? You know, when you have someone in your life and you have children, that's going to be a bit tricky to achieve, right? So some things will start to give a little bit. So it's it's really just it's that and for me i just completely just abandoned guys for like a while and i totally feel you because especially as a creative person and then when you're writing as well then like most of the times these things you're doing are like work of solitude exactly so it's things will suffer and yeah definitely a lot of people don't understand that. That's exactly it. A lot of people don't get it. And I always say to people, as a creative, it's actually harder. Because if you were just doing like a bank job where you go to work and you come back and you can sleep and all that, it's different. Yeah. As a creative, you have to put stuff down by midnight. You just have to put stuff down by midnight, right? So like, it's it's actually like a very crazy whatever. And then you have like all the mental health wahala that comes with being a creative and you drama and distress and all the rejections that you probably get and, and everything sometimes you put in so much work and you don't get as much back you know in, in acceptance so sometimes you feel a certain way about all of that so i don't think i don't even think people naturally expect that from me they just really think i reject guys they think that um probably the kind of woman i mean i hear that said to me all the time like oh i'm sure you're the one who's rejecting guys and everything and i'm like that's not necessarily the case but let's go with that narrative i like it <laughs> it, gives, it gives me some power <laughs> it's not true but it gives me some you know power i'm happy that your experience is so great like i haven't actually haven't had something that affected my own dating life like this but people always assume i am a romantic person and because yeah. i'm all about romance i watch romance all the time like k-drama and romance is my thing i read romance I'm oh always... i love k-drama oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> So there's this assumption that I'm meant to be this way, but I'm not like that. So I don't know. And I mean, then... I can toast men well, though. Like, that's not... <laughs> I'm great with toasting men. Oh, my goodness. 
I'm great with walking up to like when I was younger it was just conversation so like guys consider me really funny and contrary to what a lot of people think men actually also like funny women right because you know it's always the other way around we're told like oh girls love funny guys so they gravitate towards them and but it's also like the other way around as well it actually works guys love funny women right I mean certain guys who you can have certain conversations with so I know that one thing that has really worked for me is that you know, when I'm like in a place, I can actually walk up to any guy and say certain things to them. percent I do not toast men, but if I wanted to toast men, I don't think it'd be like a whatever. So yeah, people have, some people think, oh, it doesn't come to them as a shock or surprise, let me say, when I can go to like a guy and say stuff to him and get him to laugh and, you know, have like conversations with them. It doesn't come as a surprise to, to a lot of people because they're like, oh, you're right. So you're good with what so naturally you'll be able to do that, right? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I remember meeting a really cute guy like last year and I was like, oh, this boy is really fine. And I just woke up to him and I start talking because in my head, I'm like, oh, if I was a guy and I liked a girl and I was going to write this down in a book, this is what I think he'll do and it'll work. And I went and it worked, right? So yeah, I think people, that one is really true with me. And I think it's true with a lot of creative people. Obviously, personality come into play because if you're not a, if you're a shy person or you're very introverted, then there's also that. So maybe what you'll be able to just be doing is it's send fire texts or something. <laughs> Or you can be creative about the way you are with somebody you really genuinely like and enjoy their company. You can be creative with the emojis or random things. It doesn't have to be like deep conversations. I'm not um, Tony Morrison. Why am I sounding like that? I'm like, go on. Like, thank you for this dating advice that you're really doling out for us today. But <laughs> I think it really just depends on the person you're with. Because I mean, quite recently, I worked up to a much older person and I could easily strike up a conversation with them because I mean this is a man who is a you know major person in copywriting and everything and I mean it wasn't anything romantic or or whatever right it was just me being able to go there and then I cracked a few jokes and then we were talking for the next god knows how many minutes right so I feel like that's the thing especially when you're a creative if you're a female creative and you're like a badass in it you don't even have to to get to badass status let's face it (laughs) you can write and convince people that this world you're creating exists and compel them to feel emotions obviously you can you can be like that with real life human beings it's the same thing it's the same emotions that we're dealing with here so yeah i i think if anyone thought me like that like oh this baby will be good with you know having conversations with guys and everything which has happened that's absolutely true mm-hmm. i'm a very i'm a really funny person i'm so nice to talk to yes you I are it's wonderful <laughs> okay so thank you for that so the next question is which of the books you have written is your favorite and why? I'm, oh, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> <laughs> so my my favorite, okay, so right, because I haven't written ebooks in like a long time now, um, over a year actually. I mean, there's a reason, there's a very strong reason for that. I normally would write more often. I'm always writing and, but like the best thing, because now in my head, I don't acknowledge ebooks anymore. I'm acting like they don't exist. But like my favorite thing to write ever in romance ever is um is something called um that 99 love and i intend at some point i hope that i can actually rewrite it at some point um and get it like really published uh the reason i actually really liked that 99 love is because it was the very first time in my career as a romance author that i actually found out that i had figured out where I wanted to be and I figured out what I was doing and I was like yeah nah this is it it was a this is it moment for me like oh yeah you finally figured this thing out 
because um before then i don't know if it's just me but like i mean you're right alara so you probably can relate to this in some way before then i wasn't sure what it was i wanted to write serious stuff in quotes so i'll say oh i didn't want to be boxed in as a romance person right and i also wrote in tv i wrote i was in writers rooms and you know those rooms did not used to have like a lot of women they used to have like a lot of men and part of it was because women were just assumed to only write certain things or certain type of stories so we limited the number of women that could get in so if you were in stuff writing comedies and everything you know it was because you could you could do it so for me i think at that time i was also fighting against being boxed in and just writing romance i wanted to be able to write other things but that 99 love was during the pandemic the pandemic had just started Mm -hmm. and you know i started something called rich kid series because so i've been writing on okada books the very first ebook i put out was called um the reunion and i was just playing around to be honest like and then your account blew up like it was so shocking i I (laughs) did not expect i put it there for free because that it goes to show you how much i was like you know what i i don't know what i'm doing no but i'm just getting put this thing out there and like because i went to um the international school university of ibadan and when i was in isi it used to be school for butter kids really butter kids (laughs) i mean people drive to school in ss2 you know like it was that kind of school, like people where you were going to school with kids or politicians or people that mm-hmm. you put at home and only reading the, about in the newspapers and stuff like that. So like that's kind of school I was in, and I was kind of like a wallflower, so to speak. I wasn't like a popular kid or anything. So like it was just me writing about that world, like oh, you know, imagine living ISI now and some baby was popular and some guy who wasn't popular, you know, just meet and, and at their school reunion, right? Mm-hmm. It like I'm sure if I pick up that book now, I'll be like, ah, was this? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it was for me like i was actually just writing and having fun and i had a friend at the time um tony queen who used to he was really he was getting into art at the time draw and everything and he did that cover for me and because we had an agreement that as artists regardless of what it is even if it was the tiniest amount would pay each other you know for whatever services we rendered so he would say oh you're a friend your friend pay friend money so i paid 10k for it and i put it out there for free because i was like ah, at least if these people don't like it they can't insult me because they're ready for free <laughs> and then a year or so later that thing had way over a thousand downloads on okada books it was the strangest thing and then as at 2000 and um i think it was 17 or 18 or thereabouts he had like over 3,000 downloads and it was then i put money on it because people were taking people's works and it was just weird and i noticed when your book is is good people right. would yeah less yeah so i was like yeah i don't mind that so i put like just 100 naira on it and everything and to this day people still come and talk about the reunion and i'm like i don't even know where that manuscript is like that's how serious i moved on from it <laughs> and yeah but i just noticed that by the time i got to i started making some sort of money from Okada books based on this and by the time it was like 2019 I was like you know what I'm just going to embrace my romance side and the very first book I wrote in the rich kids was shit oh my goodness it was terrible <laughs> and I put it out there somebody wrote this really scathing um review on it at the time and you know so I was like you know what I can actually I'm really great with romance so and I'm actually going to do it so that 99 love was the first time I was like you know what fuck this O's I'm going to just go ahead and do what I know that I can really do because exactly. I'm afraid stuff like that yeah so I just went ahead and I did it and it was just about a rich guy who was in was oh in 1999 and then there was a cultism thing as a backdrop and you know like it got mixed up with the wrong crowd as i said earlier i'm a huge old nollywood edge so this was me also borrowing from themes that films like um diamond ring had, had explored in 1998 mm-hmm. thereabouts 
So like, you know, I just borrowed from that. There was a lot of old Nollywood influences in it. Huge ones, because as I said, you know, I was coming from old Nollywood. So it was that time where every single thing that I loved and had experienced and some of the things that I would like to see, I put all those things at once into that one story. And it's not surprising that it was the moments things sort of like changed so the sort of evil feedback i was getting you know people were so obsessed with that story especially because um the main guy Tokumbo Kari, is my favorite is my favorite um leading guy i've ever <laughs> like done actually and like i really that's my favorite male character ever like no one else stops it <laughs> so like, like there was that guy who we'd seen in like the first book and it wasn't because the first book is about the kid he and this girl that we come back to talk about you know had and he didn't know he was a dad but you know in romance now you had to put a little bit of yes suspense thriller yeah so like they come back and we go back to 1999 and i love like 90s and early 2000s around I could so like I said it was just a bit of everything I liked I was listening to old you know gangster rap I was listening to the kind of things I liked and I was putting all of that into it and I it's literally my best thing ever I think the only one that comes really close would be um this one I wrote that got us to start talking um uh, queen of you know, yeah um and the only reason i like queen of the fields that much is because okay well it's between queen of the fields and f1's jazz really because f1's jazz was the first thing i wrote that was embracing a lot more spirituality because i'm very and really like yoruba spirituality yeah and yeah so f1's jazz eventually burst um queen of the fields so the things i could not do with f1's jazz was what I went to go and do with Queen of the Fields. I didn't have all that time because F1's Jazz was supposed to be for a submission. We had limited words, limited everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to be able to do more. So I went to Queen of the Fields and I did that. And I actually did finish writing the sequel to Queen of the Fields and I abandoned it somewhere. I know. <laughs> it's been more than a year. Um, like I, my, one of my friends, um, Bibi, would just randomly slip it into conversation and say, "Wait, weren't you writing a book that you're supposed to have put out?" <laughs> and then I just, <laughs> I just move on. But yeah, I, I think it's between that. I don't know if I've said what you were actually hoping would be my favorite. But yeah, no, yeah. you have clearly said that. So that's great. For me, uh, my favorite would be not just another intro because I started writing and I wrote that story because I was tired of reading um, just like white people romance or American romance. Oh gosh, yeah. I was like, I actually want to read something that I can relate with and something that I would like to see, something that features people that I could relate with and that's how I started writing not just another interlude. And the best thing, if I go back to it, I'll be like, oh my God, cringe, what is that? But like, one thing I know is that with romance like with each book that you write and put out you're growing and you're becoming better and so i know that you're doing that as well because f1 jazz was really good and <laughs> oh, people really liked it yes but i'm glad was... that he brought about queen of the fields oh yeah it definitely was the reason why queen of the fields actually I, I, it was the same um, research materials I, I used for both of them actually okay so I have noticed that most of your books, you you publish them yourself because, like you said, your Nakada books you were writing for fun and you were just putting out your stories there and you didn't expect it to blow up. So have you ever tried traditionally publishing your books with a Nigerian publisher? And if your answer is yes, what was your experience? Or if your answer is no, why not? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I noticed like some days ago, you posted some pretty nice <laughs> mood board about some characters and then you were like, your publisher must okay. not know. So I, when I, <laughs> I knew it, I was like, yeah, Lara is going to talk about this. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, tell us. 
<laughs> not tell us okay but um so last year i mean this is the first time i'm actually sharing this story um yeah because i was like oh i'll just save it for the caption whenever the book comes out but last year when i had sent it was around um this time last year i sent in um what's called efforts just for submission um because actually what happened is that we couldn't move forward with the um, anthology was meant for and it was just there sitting in my my whatever someplace in the cloud for like some four or five months or thereabout so i was like you know what I don't want to do what I would normally do with this and put it on BAM books or Kada books or whatever. It was edited, it was done, but I was like, nah, I wanted it to be for like a wider audience, you know, because, you know, I mean, you're aware of this. People who write romance are not necessarily included in conversations that are serious. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they just think your stuff is not serious enough. So, you know, I wanted to see what it would be like to be in serious places, you know. Let's get, I mean, I, it wasn't like I was hoping for everybody in the serious part of the literary community to be calling my name just because i sent him like his submission but like it was just like oh yeah let's just put out this thing and let it be in the radar and let people be able to you know so basically what had happened was i'd sent it in and this is where it's interesting so normally when you send in submissions you actually have to go through a particular way to send it to brutal paper i had mistakenly sent it to um the um editor-in-chief's um, email address um so i sent it in and then it was i think she she actually liked it enough to just completely disappear for a while so um context a month or so before in january i'd sent in some sort of um long read and it was about fella because i'm a, I'm a huge fella head and by extension i'm a huge familiar and some goody head so i've read almost everything there is to to know about it i've I watched his documentaries documentaries on him and everything and i'd written something about how you know there's an erasure about the women who actually were responsible for who he became both as an activist as an afrobeat icon and you know that wasn't accepted so i was like okay oh yeah right they don't like that so like when she completely disappeared i was like ah, i thought that thing was really good where did this woman go to was it so bad she couldn't even sit down at her laptop <laughs> to say Bro, we do not want this nonsense. We sent you know. So I was like, okay. So at some point, I got the balls to like just mail her and say, because I had so much going on at that time. There was so much I was doing. I was like, ah, last last she'll say, girl, please don't ever send me anything in your life. That's wow. <laughs> so I was like, let me just mail her. And then I mailed her and she was like, oh, can I have your number? And then next thing, like Lara, we're talking on the phone. She's talking to me about how, oh my goodness, I liked it so much. I sent it to a publisher. And I was like, okay, I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, so it was just um, at the time then it got, I mean, there was a long period because, you know, to, to have submissions on platforms like brittle paper, the process can be really long you know you know they had to find yeah you know because you know the editor had to sit with it it was five chapters mm-hmm. the the submissions editor who is absolutely <laughs> she's my dream editor i mean because i i loved working with her especially because not everyone is great with romance mm-hmm. she's brilliant with it so um it was the same space i'd gotten from when you and i had a partnership or worked together like you know i it was why i kept coming back because all those little things are what matters to me i don't look for the big grand gestures it's always the little things for me because you can always tell when someone is condescending towards your work even if they try and mask it yes politeness and civility so for me it was a case of i think that this person cares about this work right from 
whatever point of view they're coming in from. And for her, she really, you could tell she was particular about everything. So, you know, we worked together for like a while. We turned five chapters to six. You know, they wanted to specifically like do the artwork and everything and all that. And, you know, like the, there was an edge, there was a publisher there. So, yes, I'm talking to a publisher. Um, I have been for like months now. That's why I stopped writing ebooks because I put so much energy into you know like just putting out like manuscripts that were good enough and with that you can't i can't be simultaneously doing both so um i'm a millennial so i'm getting old <laughs> i can't be writing like 10 billion things together i mean i know that thing happens to every writer where you start something and like i don't want to write this anymore you run somewhere else like mm-hmm. we all have that happening to us right so in the i, I barely indulge it because i know you require extra discipline for that um but like it has happened, I mean, once, which is once, when I was writing Air Force Jazz, I was writing the Lonia Harris of Las Gigi, actually. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to focus on one more seriously, which at the time was Air Force Jazz. So for that, I just had to completely just abandon ebooks and focus on that. So yeah, I'm, I'm talking to a publisher. We have some sort of, um, it's just a gentleman's agreement right now because we haven't signed any contracts or whatever. But yeah, um, that thing I'd put up was something that I'm working on. So yeah, it's it, basically all I can say right now. The experience. Wait, wait, in- wait, wait, wait. This publisher <laughs> is it a Nigerian publisher? Oh yes. So this one is in Nigeria. And I'm, I'm Lara. I'm looking for agent too. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for because I'm not like so. I'm not this this Nigerian publisher. Is it one of those big ones? Is it those you know those? Is it cassava that has that romance um, section? Is it cassava you're writing for? Hey, <laughs> you want me to be naming names? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but before this publisher, did you actually like send your books to other publishers? Oh, no, that's actually what's interesting about my writing journey. I've never actually chased this any of this because even when it was a cadaver books, it was um, Ophelia who called me at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so because the thing I noticed very early on is that when I started writing putting stuff out i was fresh out of university this was very early 2011 and 360 nubs was the very first platform i put stuff on and i used to write something called coco's chronicles and it blew up it was insanely popular like years later i would be meeting guys and they'd be like oh you were that girl and he used to like make me a bit sexier because they'd be like Ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like oh yes so it's just me it's not a big deal um, she's one of my many superpowers. So, like, um, <laughs> a lot of people gravitated towards that at the time, and then I completely just disappeared and went off the radar because I was trying to get into Nollywood. I was trying to like do other things and everything. And the life of a writer is not easy, right? So, yes. I never really had any time in my life where I was chasing. So, there were times where I'll try and send in stuff for maybe um, submissions for things and everything, mm-hmm. and I probably get back or just wouldn't get picked so but i never actively pursued that so i can't you know in good faith stand anywhere and say these are my experiences in that regard for for publishing um ebook platform that ever because i used to put stuff on 360 notes at the time and for me the ultimate goal at the time was to get better as a writer i knew deep inside of me that my work hadn't gotten to the point where i could make certain demands of audiences or publishers or anyone so i needed yeah. to get it where I was good enough that I had convinced myself because let's face it if you're good if your theme is good you would know so like 
there is no point if you can't convince yourself you can't convince random people who will pay money for it yeah so it was what i was doing over time i just put this stuff on 316 dollars i had something called sugar daddy chronicles and that blew up as well it was the very first erotic anything i did like it blew mm. up um my boss at the time nobody igwe was so whatever about it so he pushed it out there like he was really excited he loved it because nobody used to write as well so everyone loved that and then i did another one and i just left so by the time i got into ophelia's radar it was because he was trying to create a space for nigerian authors to be able to make decent money and they push their work out there right and mm-hmm. ophelia is a writer so by the time he said oh i think you should bring your stuff i was like okay so that's how i, tr- I tested with um the reunion actually like let's even see if people would care about that so for every time it's always been that i've never had to, because i just the, the the i mean this my hopeful publisher we have found out a few times because he it, it, it's a very hands-on situation mm-hmm. right so we've hung out a few times and uh, you know like it, is it masubi <laughs> <laughs> is it narrative landscape <laughs> I, i'm not what, what did you say which other one did you say did you say landscape narrative landscape uh, 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 um so that sounds like the name of a magazine. His narrative like, landscape press is where, like, there are the people that published Amanda's new book. Oh, do they? Because you know the thing with um romance as well is. <laughs> I knew that everybody is all about moving to Masobe, and then so that's what I'm saying. Is it that cassava? Because it's only cassava that I know that has something strictly for romance. Other people, God. Right. That's so. That's another thing. The moment I realized where I wanted to play, I was like, I'm not going to change this because you don't want to. I, I believe. I mean, I've gotten scathing reviews. I've gotten absolutely great reviews as well, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things I just take as, oh, thank you so much. I'm more bothered about the feedback from my audiences, people who are the people I write, like regular folks. That actually, I'm, I'm more bothered about because some people who will buy your stuff anyway. So yes, you know, but let me. Yeah, sorry to cut you short, but let me add that when you work with a publisher too, they are also going to ensure that what you write is good as well so they will also help you grow they'll give you insights from the editors so it's also help you improve your craft as well yes absolutely so because that's actually where i was going to go to before you said guessing my publisher because you know he was already like hmm. yeah, yeah i was like girl wants to be guessing you know what i'm just going to reverse <laughs> <laughs> but yeah for me it was like a lot of because i mean i respect that which is again as i said it was why i wanted to go to to paper and put my stuff there and say i'm not putting this out there right i i don't have issues with feedback in that sense because let's face it whether if you have intentions to get certain parts in your career there is no way those people are not going to have an opinion about your work and audience is important and theirs is important. Important. the validation you need is going to come from those guys audience yeah. will keep you they would massage the ego and all that stuff mm-hmm. but the validation you'll need is going to come from the guys who are the judges someplace or the editors and whatever and i have no issue with that actually some feedback would be nice some would be you it can't be yeah you can't start getting bored out about that the work has to be good and as long as we're all doing this for the work it's not like the person is trying to beat you in real life or this person it's <laughs> exactly. not personal yeah. yeah so just to get the work done so yeah that's i have absolutely no issues with that but for me it was also because it felt like is there a space for what I'm doing? So the older I grew, 
because that's another thing I've come to realize. I mean, older people have always told me that, but I've also experienced this as well. The older you get, the better your work becomes. And then the more open you are to certain types of feedback. And even when the feedback come and they're not great, it doesn't get to you the way you probably would have, you know, maybe when you were younger. younger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just for me, it's like, Mm, okay i mean i see it as a partnership if this person is doing their best to get your work to the best possible place mm-hmm. why are you mad about that right yeah. at the end of the day when your book is really good you're the one they'll call the author right ain't nobody talking about the editor who works on your, on your book it's you now <laughs> exactly so, yeah and yeah and it's a collaborative process your publishers i mean the very first thing i sent to my publisher it was a hard like what is this <laughs> uh nope <laughs> we will not be doing this one and everything but then the conversation had also been i know you have it um i know that this can happen and all that stuff so how about we work and i'm like i'm very happy to do that right so yeah absolutely that's been, my experience has been that right there are things i don't agree with because as you said working with a publisher is a whole different ball game even the formatting of your book and everything i was like okay these are new things i didn't even realize mm-hmm. you know like i had an understanding with formatting very little understanding with formatting because of ebooks mm-hmm. because certain platforms you had to format a certain way before yes. you put them yeah otherwise your book would just scatter so i had an understanding i, I used to format my, my books myself mm-hmm. right so with this one you know i understood that even the font had to come in somehow the size this and that and everything how it looked and all that so you know that's been that that's there have been conversations about stories that can't get published traditionally yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are even conversations about what the possible royalties would be, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, that, I know that's going to be shocking for you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, what you carry? This is small money. <laughs> so I mean, we haven't, like I said, there is no contracts yet. But you know, the conversations around what the kind of money would be, I'm like, ah, do you know the very first time I put my stuff on on bank books? You know how much they paid me? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> bragging rights <laughs> I, I, I remember i was i had put myself on bam books because um the fatal chick adiswa she reached out to me because she read that 99 of the time and she's like ah, ah, why is your book not here and everything and i said to her like girl the royalties were scaring me and she's like ah, ah put it there now what can it possibly hurt you already have it on a particular platform i was like oh okay and then i just carried all these books and put them in the first quarter i was like ah, 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 ah. i can go and marry three men with this and do traditional marriage what are you talking about well wow. this I'm a wealthy woman. I deserve a chieftain's title. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So like, and then when I had conversations with the publisher, I was like, ah, okay. Um, let's see though. Let's see how it goes because I mean, it depends on what you want at the particular point in your career, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's see how that goes. But so far, the, the publisher has been very, you know, sensitive. I mean, at this whatever, there are times where it's a no and um <laughs> that can be communicated in ways that might be hard to take in as someone who has put in so much work and effort into something yeah um so yeah like i i, I get that um i try to be able to accommodate that because at the end of the day no matter what as a writer when you write something and i put so much work and whatever into it you know you can't it's not easy for someone to come and tear it apart so yeah there's that there's also knowing you i don't think anyone can get used to that for every book you edit or you write or it's your baby you always have to still understand that it might have been intimate when you were creating it but the moment it gets to the point where other people have to see it people have to come in and tear it apart and make it better 
so there's that one i don't think i mean i don't think i could ever get used to that whole whatever it gets better but it's still everyone yeah. is a experience yeah but i know people have had really crazy stories so my my own publishing life from ebooks to whatever it's just not the typical mainstream don't worry you know, like, in a couple no. of years i'll come back and ask you this question i i feel like i'll be waiting for you <laughs> <laughs> or maybe i will wait for a couple of years maybe i'll just start editing process and just text you and like ah, Lara. Wow. Oh, definitely you can come and meet me i help you i answer your questions ah, like wow you do not tell me this wow <laughs> <laughs> but i i kind of like suspect it to be like you know quite the right let me just leave it at that because um my friend sally got published um i mean she, it was some sort of half indie publishing and half whatever mm. publishing. Oh, okay Nigerian. yeah some years ago and i remember you <laughs> know she came back and she was like this was stressful so yeah um let's let's see how it goes so thank you for that i'm sure like there are so many like germs people will be picking up from this especially if they're interested in publishing shouldn't you be telling us your own experience it is not it's what talking about it's featuring you it's not about my writing this time around (laughs) (laughs) all right i guess we'll be carrying that one to whatsapp or something definitely we can do that so you know, during this whole thing, you were speaking about how you're like a neurotic writer and how things like that, have people come to reach you and things like that. So like, what's your favorite thing about writing smoothly content? Um, I think it's the passion and the intimacy. Um, so I'm very big on intimacy as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> why do you say mm-hmm like that? Like, keep going. Yeah, I'm interested. Please say more. <laughs> so I'm very big on intimacy as, as a person. Um, and I'm very, obviously as a visual storyteller as well i'm very very big on seeing black bodies portrayed as desirable yeah so the same black bodies yeah somebody is watching x-rated stuff (laughs) i love it it's like my favorite kind of you know whatever form of content to watch when it has to do with desirability and all that is seeing black men like let's face it they are really pretty good looking white men and you know um other types of races right um i mean i watch kj and i'm like ah man you bad now but <laughs> you know like men black men are desirable to me black women i think they're sexy as hell i actually think black women are sexiest right like there is no touching black women so like for me that's where it comes from you know wanting to elevate black bodies in that sense and you know like if you look around like a lot a lot of our arts both you know literary both in film and other forms of media a lot of our arts that are being pushed mainstream especially globally are things that you know represent us in in lights where it's like you know porn touch upon right mm-hmm. or, yeah poverty right? Porn, all this kind of thing yeah all this kind of yeah exactly so for me i'm like where's the space for you know sexy porn like <laughs> that didn't sound well but yeah ability <laughs> as well because you know you you consume art in america and good art is um titanic and good art is um um what's it called you you know maybe um the great gatsby and good art is also whatever pain thing they have going on right orange is no black is, is good i mean that would even still have some sort of diversity but you catch my drift I but do. then you go yeah part of things and you know good art is just a certain way right and then with films like crazy rich asians going mainstream Mm -hmm. you begin to realize that you know 
more than ever and then we can't drama gaining you know that that sort of acceptance you begin to see like ah uh-uh. because me i've always loved love and romance since i was young so even when it was emek kaike and genevieve or ramzino and genevieve i've always liked to see black people falling in love and you know getting that happily ever after so when you look at k drama you look at these guys looking really good in trench coats and living in really nice houses and they're rich mm-hmm. is in love with a poor girl and, and all that stuff right mm-hmm. they're like oh that's great i want to see more of that so for me that's what it is i just want to see black people having good sex black people you know being passionate black people being that way right i'm a nigerian naturally i'm writing through the lens of the nigerian obviously when it goes out there is when it becomes black yeah i'm just writing yeah. nobody's got lucky right so for me that's it like i just want to see them in that and my i love creating mood boards on pinterest oh my goodness like for all my romances i do that and i particularly find it's difficult to find that kind of whatever for for black people as much as maybe not difficult but you have more i mean even if you google things like sexy like this and that you see white people first before you see black people yeah. so like it adds All, let all of us be doing it all of us are we like it let's keep doing it let's have so much of it out there last last one will push and go mainstream i mean it's like afrobeats now like how everyone had been here grinding and all that for years right and at some point someone kicked open the door and, and then before we know it everybody's coming in right mm-hmm. so somebody's will eventually go mainstream and everybody's whatever will come so let nigerians in diaspora write their own let us here write our own let everybody be doing theirs right but for me that's what it really was i wanted to see black people having really good sex black people looking sexy in clothes black people living the good life you know like being that black person you know with your dark skin being in that like that i like creating visuals or stuff like that either on text or whatever so yeah i i, I love it and i love intimacy i love you know like i'm not a touchy feely person but i lean into that whenever it is that i say maybe have partners who like it right so yeah i'm very like that i think kissing is very intimate actually personally that's what i think right so all those kind of things i think that like elevate it and really good erotic material are the ones that tease a lot and not in everything they are fucking each other <laughs> like sex is sex doesn't have to happen before it happens so like for me that's also it like what leads to all of that because i'm i really love teasing actually so yeah it's it's a whole lot of all of that which is why i said earlier like i'm not sure that i i've done it before in the past i didn't really enjoy the process so i'm not sure i'm never going to like at least tease sex before it happens or even if you just want sex that will happen yeah so i agree with you people we need to start me too needs to start writing more sporty content so that will blow and it's just that you know how nigerians are it's smarty things are done in the closet because of how purity culture is so adamant oh, here and everything how uh, was such hypocrites <laughs> exactly because outside the cameras outside the media this is basically a part of our daily lives yeah so. we are such hoes but we act like we're not it's insane <laughs> i mean i mean what i would say though is that i'm grateful that i mean i know the more i put stuff out there they will there'll be more different opinions so far even men will say like there's somebody on twitter who once in a while buzz remember when fs jazz came out and was like oh you you have something new out and i was like oh yeah and he was like ah let him go and tell his madam that 
David has something <laughs> and you know this person had tweeted at me before as well like oh me and my wife really love reading your stuff right and that's what I love the most because stuff like that makes me feel so good you have no idea because yes I want black people you know like being this way this intimacy I'm really big on it right and own it own your sensuality I'm not saying let's go out there and be talking about sex all the freaking time or whatever but own your sensuality because part of what intimacy does when it's with the right person is that it actually boosts your confidence right yeah so like whether or not it's and i don't necessarily mean even love now like say maybe you guys are deep in love i'm like if it's just somebody you can't be intimate with maybe even with your clothes on or whatever if they make you feel good you mm-hmm. will feel good actually for the boost your confidence right so i think while there are people who actually are like i ah, was this what are you writing there are people who also you know are aware that this this there's a place for stuff like this is a real right right now we don't even have a lot of people properly putting smarts out there like it needs to come out and i mean smart in the sense of because there are older writers certain writers who also think it should be a certain way i'm talking about the kind of you know that very obvious erotic romance one the kind that you'll find in certain like i mean 50 shades of gray was is one of the most obvious examples we can use right mm-hmm. stuff like that like yeah let it be erotic i've been trying to go an episode without mentioning 50 shades of gray <laughs> oh my god so, <laughs> i feel like anytime I, I had a conversation about like this with like a fellow author a while back and they were like oh my goodness i hated that and, no i like, didn't hate it though it's just somehow it always <laughs> comes into the conversation <laughs> I like I know I know you like because the moment you said it, I knew it was a reference thing, but I'm like people don't like to talk about it, but it's such it's so important in especially when you're talking about romance post 2010. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be good art if you don't you know it doesn't have to be great. We're not talking about the greatness of it. It's not mm-hmm. heck. It's not it's not a Jane Austen novel or whatever, but like <laughs> it's so important in conversations because it changed everything post 2010. Yeah. because every other form of even the books that have gone mainstream after them i mean look at colin over's books mm. this is still the same journey <laughs> it's, it's the same thing that's spilling over like even from them anatole and the rest of them those people who have seemed to be pivotal in in that period right so yeah. I, I think i like 50 shades as an example for it i couldn't finish the trilogy because i remember that my ex had bought me the trilogy at the time when it first came out so mm-hmm. i read the first one and i finished the second one but i've seen all the films a billion times it's the same way i've, I've, <laughs> seen, <laughs> <recently>. <laughs> I've seen i've seen the the films and everything so yeah i i think smart is important it should be properly uh, i don't i don't want to say properly because what's properly but it should be done well um tease do whatever you can but we all need to feel sexy yeah. and it's mandates in this world to make sure all of you feel sexy all of you mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay to me so we're coming to the last question because we're running out of time so oh yes i've actually like had so much fun with this i can't believe you try not to talk about your own publishing thing anyway did i catch you Sha? <laughs> <laughs> so um let me just ask this oh actually it's the second to the last question on the spot give us three romance authors we should read um so i have just one <laughs> okay, okay two actually <laughs> and they are still not in mainstream whatever i actually don't like talking about them because i don't want other people to, dis- to discover them that um, is so <laughs> selfish but please tell I us 
selfish person. <laughs> but um, one of them is called Pam Godwin. She's a dark romance author, and her books can, if you don't have the mind, you can't pick up her books, right? I, th- I think to- I've heard of her before. Like the name just sounds familiar. Yeah, she wrote a book. One of the most popular books she has that pops up in dark romance conversations is called sea of green i have not been able to finish that book and she's my favorite dark romance author because it gets pretty difficult sometimes to go she's brutal but the thing about her and the reason i always keep talking about her whenever anyone asks me about romance is she's a white um author um one of the one of the things that she's great at is she's a beautiful storyteller and she makes she sucks you in and you don't have to as stuff doesn't have to be a cup of tea but you will definitely feel it. She makes you really feel stuff. And that's why I really love her. She writes beautifully well. Because in dark romance subgenres, if you're not careful, there's a lot of stuff out there that just, they're hard to read. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Yeah. What they sell is not the writing. What they sell in a lot of dark romance books is the the smarts, the angst, and yeah. <laughs> all that. Yeah, so like the, the really disturbing tropes. That's actually what most of them really sell. But she's actually brilliant. She's amazing. So yes, there's her. There's Sky Warren. Um, Sky Warren is actually they both belong to. They have the same publisher, I believe, and they belong to this. Um, forgotten what they are, whatever it's called. A bunch of them. So I actually entered when I started rewriting because I didn't read romance for the longest time because I was worried it was the same thing. But when I got back into it, Sky Warren's books were the first one I picked. Um, I think I picked something called um the pawn or something. I think that was the first one. I'm not sure if that was what it was called. Um, those are the only two people I can say for like if you wake me up and say give me i'll give you those two ones and unfortunately yeah, yeah books are very specific to certain audiences so if it's that okay is... everyone has what they like so this is I mean, I recommend I'm, obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with dark romance i'm so sorry because i don't like sunshine you don't like, need I'm to on... apologize <laughs> thank you this is such a safe space i love it <laughs> I'm not really a huge fan of colorful, bright, happy people in love. Like, why can't you be sad? What's happy about this life? <laughs> I, mean, I like anything as long as it's interesting to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, that's true. Anything that is really good. Because right now, I'm reading... I've read anything, to be honest. I'm actually just... Because, I mean, I have a Zidi Smith. I say reading I had to abandon for a while. And I'm currently reading something called Gothicana. Um, that was everywhere. So I wanted to read what it was about. And it, it has a lot of... Um, I mean, it's kind of like what I was doing with um, Queen of the Fields, you know, some dark... Yes, that, yes. Thank you for yeah. mentioning Queen of the Fields because this has brought me to my final question. When, ah. are, we, when are we getting fitted yeah. with book two? And oh, is, is it your publisher that's going to publish it? You're going to publish it first. And I don't like the fact that you have said you have abandoned ebooks. Like, at least finish with us before you move on to a new journal. Because <laughs> I know you finished writing this book a long time ago. I actually finished it. Let me even tell you, I finished, I got a cover and I spoke to an editor and we even agreed. She actually busted me a few times actually about it. So what happened was I just got distracted and like literally what happened. Because usually when I write anything like manuscripts, I go and read them as many times as possible before it goes to the editor. I like to give my editors the tiniest work to do actually. Mm, I, I, I do understand that. Yeah, so I'd actually finished and I was supposed to, I was gonna go back and start reading and then I just completely forgot about it there and yeah. So I mean I didn't forget, but I just I'm like I can't get to this right now. Um I actually want to I, I intend to go back to it. I talked to my publisher about it. Um about the first one, it seemed to like the um what's it called? Um 
the premise. So maybe that's something we can actually work towards. But if the publishing date that is being given is too far off, I mean, I don't see why I can't put it in ebook and then worry about it going to paperback much later, right? Mm-hmm. So people do that all the time. They get back to their old work and revamp and put it out there. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. So I think I'll I'll just do that. Maybe you would even do better reader for me this time around. You are a big madam in your bookstagram community. I'm not, but I actually I that's actually what I do. I'm a um I'm a professional reader, so you can give me a manuscript to better read and everything. I'll give you good advice and things like that. I'm here for you. Oh gosh, yay! Okay, yeah, this has given me boosts. I'll go back now. I'll go back and once I'm done with this, actually, I'm I'm working towards submitting everything on my table by this weekend. So okay. I'll actually I'll get back to you. this. Has given me boosts. Let me do that and at least keep it moving, so people won't think. I'm a fraud. I'm actually, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So, Tommy, thank you so much for like having this chat with me. Like, I, I wasn't, no, I was like, hmm, how long would this episode be? I, I, and I was like, I believe this episode is going to be like my longest episode because I know we're just going to talk and talk and talk. And oh, yes. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't even prove me wrong. And thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. And like, you have yeah. been an amazing first guest. And I look forward to like all the things you're going to do in future. So thank you. Yeah, same here. Thank you so much, Lara. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait for us to conquer this book industry, which is like a lot fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun having this conversation. It was a, a conversation. It didn't even feel like anything, you know, complicated. Yeah. I love you so much. So there you have it, my chat with Tommy, which was really, really fun and very, very enlightening. I had a small time chatting with Tommy and I look forward to having more guests on this show. And also, I know that I really did not speak about any book or like films I've been watching or reading lately. And the reason is that I haven't actually been reading. I've been super bogged down with work lately. And the only time I get to read is when I'm reading some manual. And I haven't even been reading them like that much lately as well. But I think I'll get back into the funk in the coming weeks of February. I hope to read at least three or two books. No pressure there. And let me know what you think about this episode, about like what we spoke about, if it's something you can relate to or anything. Just chat with me, you know. And also, um, well, I have lost my train of thought. So I'm just going to close this episode like how I usually do, which is here's to reading more books on my shelf. Bye.